You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Grand Rising and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. I'm your co-host, Trey Holiday, and it feels so great to be back in the Black Media Matters studios with my Morning Update Show family. Of course, it's always good when I get to be right next to my co-host with the most big O. What up, big O? Trey Holiday. Oh, my goodness. I want to do a whole, like, big O. You know what I mean? It's like a whole different kind of introduction, man. We are on the wind down. How are you this morning? Uh, the wind down for real. And, and usually I'm like, oh, it's Thursday. I'm out of here. But tomorrow, you know, we, we gonna, we're going to, uh, like they always say, see it through to the end. Yeah. So we got we got one more day left on the morning update show is tomorrow. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm getting a lot of buzz. <laughs> the day with Trey. People have been hitting me up. What's it all about? Excited to see it. Yeah, I'm so excited because honestly, uh, this is an opportunity to, you know, get some recurring guests out here. There's some dope folks out here, you guys in our community doing amazing things. And I'm so grateful that, you know, this platform that, you know, Converge has created uh, with the day with Trey is going to really be able to highlight folks like that and showcase them. So I'm looking forward to lots of folks on my line, too. So, you know, we're, we're getting our stuff booked up. Yeah, I see some longtime supporters in here. Uh, say good morning, Allison Fine. You know Allison. Allison. Yeah, uh, Melissa Lynn, Carolyn, Marie D. Man, always there, active on Twitter too. Yeah. Uh, good morning, all that good stuff. We got a we got a great show lined up for you. We're gonna be joined by Julia Jesse here in a little bit, and we're kind of looking back at uh, some some impactful segments that that we did here on the Morning Update show um, over the last few years. So we'll get right into it. Good morning, everybody. Wow. Welcome to the Morning Update Show. Right now is the perfect time for you to tag and share the stream. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with people you feel would appreciate culturally relevant news and information emanating from right here in the Emerald City. Want to give a big shout out to our partners at the South Seattle Emerald and KBCS 91.3 over there at Bellevue College. Uh, remind everybody you can listen to the morning update show and soon to be you can listen to the day with Trey anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. That's Spotify, Google, iTunes, over 200 platforms. All you have to do is search Converge Media Network. I want to remind everybody right now as well, uh, man, boosters, vaccines, my friend, Bo boosters and vaccines. And so, you know, I'm getting ready to go traveling. <laughs> so, so I'm up on it for sure. But, you know, uh, Public Health Seattle King County is a great resource for all that. And I mean, you know, in, in our community, a lot of research in our community and in our community, a lot of research echoes nationwide how black people are feeling. Uh, well, not all black people, black people in all monolith, but a lot of black people are feeling about the um the vaccine and vaccinations and boosters and everything else. I think one of the things as well is that people are like, well, I got vaccinated because I had to, but you know, I'm not I'm not hearing the booster shot. I'm not hearing of this and that. And all I say is, man, COVID is definitely still real. It's still out there. You know, we've got quite a few events coming up and quite a few people are like, yeah, I can't make it because I got the COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's real alive and well still to this day. And the thing is, is this, I understand people's argument around the booster. Look, if you can still catch COVID with the booster, 
I'm like, what is the big deal? What is the difference? So I think there's a lot of confusion out there, you know, for people to be like, well, man, you got to get these boosters. You got to get these boosters. People are like, but why? You know, I, I think there's some people too that have taken health into their own measures and be like, look, I'm just going to stay masked up. Um, even when I'm at certain places, I still see some people wearing gloves. They're like, yeah, I grocery shop with gloves on. I do like, they've just, they've adopted other measures to keep themselves safe and, uh, and they've been working well for them. So I'll you know, be people honest are doing with what you. Works. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of y'all. I know not our viewers. But it's a lot of y'all that wasn't even washing your hands. So <laughs> so that's a <laughs> that's a habit that definitely stuck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Everybody, everybody's out of it. You know, people are like, yeah, do I still wear a mask? Y'all, this that habit you picked up of washing your hands, please don't stop that one. You know what I'm saying? Lots of lots of uh resources over there, public health, Seattle, King County. And then next week, uh the the day with Trey. I think we'll have some uh, some additional resources for the viewers. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. This is a very important story right here. And dang, I left my notes on my desk, but I, I, I know the gist of it. This is a very important story right here for Salman and for Trey Holiday yes. because they park. Go ahead and put this up. City of Seattle, they're refunding and suspending parking tickets, man, um, from, I think, from September of last year to April of this year. So, Salman, all those parking tickets that you got out there on First Avenue, my friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we need those reals. You know what I'm saying? You can bring it down. Um, so yeah, so what, what happened is, I mean, it's weird down at city hall cause they were, they sent all these releases and finger pointing and stuff but, of who did what, but basically what happened was, is the parking enforcement officers, correct term for this day and age, they used to be in the Seattle police department. Right. And remember they, there was a whole bunch of stuff happened and they moved parking enforcement out of SPD. And they moved them over to SDOT, Seattle Department of Transportation. Well, when they moved parking enforcement out of SPD and over to SDOT, apparently there has to be an authority that's given to the, the enforcement officers from the chief of police. And uh, because they're civilians and they're kind of doing a duty that falls under maybe police or something like that, issuing citations, tickets, so anyways, this authority wasn't given technically. So every ticket, I sent this 100,000 tickets, every ticket from September of last year into April, man, yo, it's another boy, you know what I'm saying? You'll see a refund on your credit card. The cash is coming back. And yeah, it's um, so for somebody like Salman, really happy. I'm sure you got hit a few times too, Trey. Let me tell you. Look, look, I'm, I got to give a shout out to Mama T-Dub out there who made sure I heard about this story, sent it through to my phone. I'm going to tell you, uh, I really was like, wait a minute, let me do the calculations on this. Let me do some of the math because I too got hit up several times with the parking enforcement. And the coldest part about it is, is that during COVID, man, you could pay like 25 cents 
cents an hour at the meter to park downtown. Like nobody was down here so you could pay. It was hard to kind of follow, oh, because once stuff started opening up again, they started ramping back up on, you know, that per hour charge to park on the street. But, you know, for me, th there's certain uh, tickets that I got while being down here. You know, it, maybe it was on me, but it looks like it was on them. I'll take the refund, bro. <laughs> All right. So here's the flip side of this now. So that means that the city had money and now the city's not fitting to have money. <laughs> So, you know, when the city don't got no money, the first people they come looking to get money from sometimes is people like us. Uh, because, you know, like the, the city's budget always has to be balanced and all these things that we learn in budget school and everything else. And so, you know, a lot of those those monies, I haven't gone this deep into it. I need to I need to bring the wordy and nerdy Kevin Schofield out of retirement here because I know he could tell me all about it. But it's going to be interesting to see if if now that creates a shortfall in the budget and now where they're going to take money from to be able to fill that gap. Yeah, here we go again. I mean, we were talking about some of the things that the city was already doing with regard to monies that were earmarked for other things. But because they were also under mayoral control, you know, the mayor was able to be like, well, I'm going to snatch some money from over here to do this thing over here. We'll see where this comes. And, you know, as we always say, man, following the money uh, will also I mean, uncover a story. Mayor Harrell's already taken money. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, he took he took money from the uh, the ECI. He took money yeah. from the task force, five million dollars from the task force that was clearly earmarked for black businesses and everything else. And he moved it over to his recovery fund. It was still like business and everything else, but it was money that was clearly earmarked, you know what I'm saying, through like this task force, five million dollars, and it moved over to a, a part a pot that they service businesses across the city yeah, right in general in not general black business right right and so we know that you know what i'm saying to fill some gaps people ain't got nobody going probably going in there and be like oh we're gonna take it so we'll see what happens i know they got a lot of smart people down there in city hall and I, you know i'm always hoping for the best and optimistic so i'm sure that at its core people who are down there definitely uh, want to be uh, thoughtful of impacting those most marginalized who definitely need resources. So yeah. we'll see how this plays out. All right. Saturday. Big stuff happening on Saturday. First big thing is this my birthday. Believe it. Yeah, it's, it's my birthday on Saturday. I'm going to hang out. But also Saturday is going to be the grand opening of Medier Brewing Company's Tap Room right there on Cherry Street in the Central District of Seattle. This is a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Medier Brewing Company, if you guys aren't aware, and you'll see in some of these segments here, is only one of 70 black-owned breweries in America. And now you say 70, but compared to what? There's 9,000 breweries in america there's only 70 that are black owned only 50 that are women owned and medier brewing is the largest black owned brewery in really in this part of america in this region right here and june 4th saturday's the grand opening at three o'clock we're going to play something here we're going to play something about the grand opening but we went back in the archives to December of last year when we sat down with Rodney Hines and he was telling us there was still a vision then. It was still like under construction and everything else. He was telling us what it was going to be all about. The smile that's creeping on my face is because we're ready to tell the public that we're going to be opening up a tap room in the CD. And it's going to be on Cherry Street near MLK. And so by... February at the latest, uh, that will be open. And what 
What I'm excited about is going into the community and being a space um, for the community. To build out the space, I should mention that we're working with a, a, a couple of uh, contractors. So the lead contractor is Mark Green of Green Home Redesign. Uh, so Mark is building out the space, African-American general, general contractor in the community. Uh, when you walk into our space, you'll be able to buy uh, Harold Fields, his, his company is Umami Kushi. He is, will be the chef uh, there serving up his delicious uh, Japanese street food ponds. And then you'll have a space where, you know, regularly we'll have some live music for folks. Uh, so that's what I'm excited about. I also, this is also a call for help. Uh, we need to hire a team. Uh, and so I love to get uh, someone from the community to manage uh, this space for us to be servers at that space. I think we've got a name, but we're not ready to go public with the name. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, I, I'm as excited about opening up a new tap room as I'm excited about the partnership with the Mariners. I think that the um, both will serve, they'll, they'll serve different purposes. But I see the spirit of community and the spirit of, of everyone feeling seen and welcomed happening at both these places. All right. So, you know, we're good for following these stories in our neighborhood and our community and everything else. That was in December of last year. And you heard them talking that they were expecting February to open and that COVID is a cold one and yeah. supply chain and everything else. But it's going to open on Saturday, right? In Central District, three o'clock. You'll find me there. It's my birthday. So they promised me a free birthday beer. That's all you ever have to do. Give me a show. <laughs> but uh, we were fortunate, Trey Holiday, uh, that Carlos Imani and uh, Vic and Matthew and Francisco and intern Vaughn, they were in the CD a few days ago and had an opportunity to sit and talk to Rodney um, and get some insights into this grand opening now that it's only a few days away. Hi, my name is Rodney Hines, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Mete Brewing Company, and welcome here to our flagship tap room in the Central District. CD is home, and so I'm coming home. And so it's been four years in the making. You know, I've got this joy of knowing and seeing what else is happening in the CD. And with all the change that's been put on this neighborhood, the reclamation and the work to continue to, to bring back and secure the values here, that's the work of all of us, the newcomers, as well as the folks who've been calling this place home for years. It feels like this is the moment where if CD is your home, claim it, and we're claiming it. So June 4th, it's what you need to know. We're gonna have a jazz band, we're gonna have some other music. Harold from Umami Cushy, black dude, was a chef at the Space Needle. He's gonna be doing food for us. Probably have around 10, between eight and 10 beers on tap. And it'll be a range from, you know, our, our first award-winning beer was our coconut porter. We do a clean Kolsch that we've won an award for. Our, our IPAs, Horizon IPA, uh, it is Northwest style. And then we'll add to that Grandma's Hands. And Grandma's Hands is made with uh, fresh ginger and blackstrap molasses. And on nitro, it is a beautiful thing. Hi, 
Hi, my name is Mercedes Robinson. I am the NBC Cherry Street Taproom Manager. I want people to know that NBC came back to the neighborhood with intention, and we hope to co-create this space with the community that is here. I just, I want people to see our neon sign outside and know that they belong here. So our mission, which is right above you, is to brew damn good beer. We can't do anything unless we have that. And we have some award-winning beers, and we're gonna continue to have award-winning beers. The second part of our mission statement is to build stronger community. And so I, I think in minds of concentric circles. So it starts with my team, it goes to our local neighborhood. Yesterday, when the neighbors came in, we asked them what did they want from this space. And we're gonna continue to fuel off of that. The last piece of it, inspiring bigger dreams for all. We know that all of us can dream. We also know that there's a ceiling that's been placed on many of us in our dreams. And we call BS on that. And we are aiming to build a stronger community that allows and encourages all of us to dream bigger. Um, we are one of less than 70 black owned breweries in the country out of nearly 9,000 breweries in the country. I think there are less than 50 women owned breweries in the country. And so from the beginning, we said we were gonna launch a mentorship program for women and folks of color. We launched that this past year with Rubens and we're gonna to continue to grow that program. So the call out right now is that we're looking for people who are interested in getting into this industry to sign up for our mentorship program. When you show up, you're gonna fill this crowd. You're gonna fill the people in this community coming together to celebrate another black business coming into this neighborhood. And I think a grand opening says, we're here. Oh, what an amazing piece right there by the team. And, you know, congratulations to Metier Brewing Company for coming back home. I love how he said that this is home uh, opening shows that we're here. I'm excited, man. And I don't even drink beer, but this right here is something to celebrate all around. What's up? You going to come drinking with me Saturday? It's my birthday. Hey, it's your birthday. You know, I'll be there. Oh, so here's the thing is, is Metier also has hop water. Ooh, yeah, it's okay. like sparkling water with some hops and some everything else. We, we, did you try it, Vaughn? You didn't try the hop water? Boy, you got to live a little bit. We ain't pushing no beer on you. Push the, we push the hop water. Yeah, so, you know, if nothing else, you get a hop water. Okay. It's my birthday, and we'll go hang out for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got to up next. You know, it's been a minute since so you've seen a motion graphic in here. There she is. Salman Abu Kwashi, please bring in Julia Jesse. Hey, y'all. Happy Thursday. What's up, Juice? <laughs> Long time no see. It's been a minute since I've been on this show. Yes, we miss uh, man, you. Listen, miss last, you last time we had something of anything jewels here is we 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 was playing the reunited video. Oh you my know what goodness. I'm saying? So it's been yes. a, it's been a minute. Listen, How you been? Good, blessed, busy, um, as you can only imagine, just readjusting to kind of not my new life, but adjusting to having my man back home. And the house has just been so full of friends and family all the time. So it's like we're kind of just winding down and getting back into our new routine. Um, so I'm kind of happy that everything's kind of like back down to ground level. <laughs> Yeah, well, no doubt. And we're happy when you're happy. And yeah, you glowing. Huh? I know. No, I, mean, I was going to say it. I mean, because. Yeah, yeah. 
So look, 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 there is nothing like, uh, you know, this reunion that you've been able to have. And I know it's still early on, but, you know, my heart just flutters for you, Jules, and you're definitely looking fabulous. I see you two all over your socials, getting it in, staying in, in the gym, staying fitted, and you look um, amazing and phenomenal girl thank you sis thank you you know you know how much hard work i've been putting in so health is wealth you guys i'm not i'm trying not to backpedal too much i again with all the friends and family coming over and gathering you guys i've been eating out my house and home i mean everything so i'm back on my fitness journey i'm back to eating healthy i had a salad before i came on air um already worked out this morning so i'm feeling good but everyone's been saying the glow and i don't i mean i guess let let me tell you the best thing is we got archival footage here you know i don't have none for you right now but like we go we gonna go back we gonna pull the tape because it looked like you done jumped in the time machine my friend you know what i'm saying Look, a lot of weight has been taken off my shoulders. I mean, to have a loved one incarcerated for so long. You know, we thought Rodney was going to do 10 years. He um, he ended up only doing five. He's home on something called the CARES Act, um, which a lot of individuals have been coming home on due to COVID and their other extenuating circumstances. So there's a couple things to make you eligible for it. But he came home. We had no idea that he was going to get granted this. We've been pushing and trying for years to get this outcome. So, I mean, to have that lift off my, you know, kind of that weight off my back, off my heart, it's like, I can breathe again. (laughs) I know that's right. All right, good stuff. So clap back culture tonight. Tell us all about it. Man, we have a good show in store for you guys tonight. Um, Really, we're going to start continuing to touch on a lot of these Um, mass shootings. And again, we saw another mass shooting yesterday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And ironically enough, we said it on the show last week that by the time we get back to this, we're going to be reporting on another one. And so it's tragic that we we do. But before we get into a deep dive of that, we're also going to report on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi. Do you guys know he got caught up with a DUI over Memorial Day weekend? And so we know that oftentimes happens to a lot of people. But what I thought was not funny, but I guess humorous about the situation is Nancy Pelosi's statement. So keep in mind, the Speaker of the House, honey, she has been married to this man for almost 60 years, 59 years. They were married um, in the early 1960s. They have five kids together. And she said, I'm not making a statement on this private matter. And our good sis wasn't even in town. She was out on business, getting ready to speak at Brown University for their commencement ceremony. The man is 82 years old. He was arrested for um, driving under the influence after he got into a car accident on his way home um, in the evening on a Saturday night, Memorial Day weekend, honey. So we know everyone was getting their drinks in. But I just thought it was funny that the Speaker of the House said, I'm not commenting on this. And so can you imagine your 82-year-old husband staying a night in jail, being bailed out while you're going to do a graduation commencement ceremony? I mean, it's just, I can't see anything but the humor in this. Sound lit. <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, man, those circumstances are a bit humorous. And you know what? Shout out to her because she's just like, nah, I, this is a private matter. You know, I'm not about to even touch on this. And you no. know what? You have to be able to have those boundaries, especially when you're a public figure like that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he was charged. He was arrested. 
And so he will work his thing out in court. Fortunately, no one was hurt in the collision. And in fact, the report states that they, they no one was deemed at fault in the accident. So I don't know. He crashed up his Porsche. He seems to be okay. Um, he did have to spend a night in jail. But I did think that this was a story that was great to bring forward. To your point, Trey, um, that, you know, she was just like, yeah, I'm not commenting on this. I mean, when you're married to a man for 60 years, I'm not speaking on that. Okay, is this the argument at home? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good, good stuff. Good stuff, man. Yeah, the the um man, clapback. Clapback's a staple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, man. Clapback clap, clap it, it started as the post-election uh analysis show. Yes. Right? That's 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 what this show started off as the post-election analysis show. And it's just evolved, you know what I'm saying, over the years. And I just want to acknowledge your commitment, you know. I mean, you're out there on the East Coast, Washington, D.C., and you've just you've been very committed. And that's one thing about clapback culture. It's very committed. Julia, Jesse, and Mike Davis, I mean, it is very serious for them. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, you guys really do play off well with each other. You know, um, clearly, as you know, Jules, uh, we're winding down off of my partner who I play well off of. But it's going to be great that you and Mike will be able to keep that that torch alive in terms of you guys co-hosting and doing such a great job. Uh, what else, you know, might be on the on the headlines coming up for Clapback? Well, let me just acknowledge the fact that Amari, you know, I know this is your last show. I'm really excited for Trey to kind of take over and really make Morning Update show her own. I think you're going to do great. Um, I don't even know if you need a like staple co-host. I'm looking forward to you having a bunch of guests. Um, but that's just my little two cents. And I'm looking forward to Omari going back into the wings and putting together and cooking up some more sauce behind the scenes um, because you definitely put in the work. And so we appreciate you here at Clapback Converge as a whole. And, you know, we're family. I'm just I'm excited for both of you guys on this next journey. But you guys tonight on Clapback Culture is going to be a serious, serious topic. We need to have a conversation about whether or not 18 year olds should be allowed to purchase automatic rifles. And so that was something that came up in a court in California. And um, it was it came up with three judges and they came up and said, actually, it's unconstitutional to ban 18 year olds from purchasing these weapons. And so that was a two to one ruling. Um, and a judge who was appointed under the Donald Trump administration um, actually came out. He said that young people, you know, that they're the ones out there fighting on the front lines and that they absolutely need to have the right to bear arms in this way. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you got to be 25 to rent a car. You got to be 21 to get a drink. The last two mass shootings that we saw were 18 year olds that had purchased these automatic uh, rifles and um, high capacity magazines. And so we have to have a conversation on gun reform and that conversation in America is continuing to be reignited. Uh, we are also going to introduce what Canada has implemented because they implemented a ban, you guys, a real ban um, on on firearms. You cannot buy, sell, or transfer firearms. And it is going to be illegal as of earlier this week. So the Canadian prime minister is not playing around. And I think we should take some cues 
from what our counterparts are doing in Canada to really have transformative gun control laws, bans, and everything else to keep Americans safe. Because right now, I mean, it's not safe to go to the grocery store, not safe to go to school, not safe to go to the hospital. I mean, come on, what do we do? I'll definitely be tuned in. Um, and yeah, you're right. And this 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 epidemic of gun violence, something and actually we're we're talking about that a little later on here in the show. Um, Julia Jesse, before I let you go, my good friend. You know, a lot of a lot of people might not realize that me and Julia, like, man, we we go back, like like way back. We go back it's over over a decade. And Julia, what was you you just got out of college, Norfolk State? Yep, just graduated. I was so, like, I don't even think I was a year out yet. Yeah, Julia just got out of college in Norfolk State, and we connected. I was I was working over there in Tanzania on a few brands, and um, I was, you know, was like, man, this would be a perfect place and space for you to to grow and build and learn. I've been knowing Julia for over a decade and had the pleasure of working with Julia in all kinds of different places and situations. We got overlay right here. Go ahead and put this up. This is this is Julia Jesse right here. And I'm going to put you in the time machine. But you got to imagine this is 10 years ago. And this is Julia just basically right out of college. And you see the top left over there because we, we worked with Heineken and then yep. top right with Moet Hennessy. And man, huge stuff with Coca-Cola down yep. there on the bottom left. You know what I'm saying? And, and our um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I mean we've we've had an an, an an incredible journey and it's a very unique relationship, Julia. And I'm glad that you're here. Maybe before we let you go, you can let our audience know because you've actually seen me at my apex. And so a lot of times people here in Seattle, they see me as this is the the highest, you know, that, that I can go and be. But you see me on a whole nother part of the world where we're, we're doing things impacting, you know, three, four five countries, impacting hundreds of millions of people. So maybe you can tell our viewers that they ain't got nothing to worry about. Oh, believe me. Uh, so I have had the pleasure of working with Omari for, like you said, over a decade. We're telling our age on the show today. Um, and it has been a pleasure of a lifetime. I always credit Omari for kind of being my my mentor and really helping me cultivate my career in media and communications and journalism and all of that. When I first went, and I have to take some time on air, when I first moved to Tanzania and I submitted this proposal to him, he wrote in red pen all over it on things that I needed to correct. And he always pushed me to just... Um, be be better than average do more think 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 beyond you know what is at the surface and so working under his leadership has been a pleasure of a lifetime um but to watch him work in places and spaces you know throughout the continent of africa in the uae i mean you know before i even got to work with amari he was in turkey he was in uh you know paris he was just i mean he was traveling everywhere and on social media really amplifying on twitter back you know when twitter first came out and that's kind of really how um, I learned the power of social media was, you know, just seeing him using those tools to kind of communicate. And so I'm so excited to see you on this next journey because 
the things that you've done with brands like Coca-Cola and Moet and Heineken and Belvedere and, and, you know, and just even all the media companies, Zantel, you know, the, you know, working with the president of uh, Tanzania. And even now I know you have so much brewing um, our guy in, in, in Uganda, there's just so much to be said about your career and the things that you've done. And I think, you know, Converge is just um, really the the soul, the heart and soul. And I'm so happy that you're able to come back to Seattle and, and really have that investment in our community and where we grew up and where we came from, because there's no place like home. And I think, you know, your time that you spend on the continent and infusing all of that, that brain and that wisdom into other people. I'm just so glad that we have you here back in the United States and you're able to put that, you know, strong investment into our community and our black community um, and be the leader to impact that. So congratulations on this uh, retirement. Um, I'm excited. Happy early birthday. I know that there's a lot coming up um, in store this weekend. And so I'm just excited to see where it goes. And I'm happy to be on the train, man, <laughs> more than anything. I'm a, I'm a drink an extra Medier beer for you on, on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I'm, I'm looking up now. I'm like, damn, I don't even have anything to do this weekend. I would be good. Yes. Man. Julia, Jesse, thank you so much. I mean, man, thank you. And you're such appreciated. It's seven o'clock tonight. We'll be tuned in for Clapback Culture. All right. Absolutely. Be there, you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. Me and, me and I mean, long, long history. But everything that she said, I just echo it 100%. Because, uh, you know, talking about that being your apex, I feel like I've seen you, like, uh, you know, uh, at the top-notch level. Because really, all the things that you did there that you honed in there in your skill set you always talk about how you know africa really broke you in you know what i mean and then oh, you were yeah, able to no. bring it right here let's be clear let me get my camera i grew up in an african media house you know what i'm saying and that's one thing that i learned over there is is and my friends and colleagues over there were so hard on me and initially i took it personal you know what i'm saying man you're supposed to be my friend this and that but it was the hardness of it. Like, do it again, do it again, do it again. You see, you heard, you heard Julia right there. When she first got there, gave me some red bark, 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 bark. And it takes a special kind of relationship for somebody to push you to be better than what you are today. And unfortunately, a lot of people today, they, they take that wrong when someone pushes them. They take it the wrong way when you tell them, let's be excellent. You know what I'm saying? Let's try to be perfect. We all fall short, but let's strive for it. Let's strive to be our best. And man, that brought the best out of me over there on the continent. And so, you know, well, I get to experience it here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, you guys, there's a lot of work to put a show together in the way that we are doing with the day with Trey. And I really get to experience that, right? Where you're like, no, let's think about this. Let's look at that. I mean, I, I really do echo what Jules is saying in terms of, you know, you bringing that in, but you don't keep it all to yourself. Again, you utilize it to like make everybody else better. And that's the great thing about it is that you could easily just be like, oh, you know, that's what I learned, you know, because I went on the grind. We see that a lot where people are like, man, hey, I, I, I had to figure it out. You got to figure it out. But you utilize what you learned and how you were on, people were on you. Now you really get to really shape all of us to be at our best level. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you, Trey. I mean it. 
It's Trey Holiday, y'all. Yeah. Hey, look, we're going to take a, a break in there. Oh, okay. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, you know, tomorrow's going to be definitely a big day for, for celebration and uplift and everything else. But there was a few stories um, uh, of loss that, that we covered that I wanted to make sure and acknowledge before we sign off on the Morning Update show. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Everyone's invited to the prom. From the creators of the Book of Mormon, Elf, and the Drowsy Chaperone, the prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. The prom makes you believe in musical comedy again. So full of happiness that you think your heart is about to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate. On sale now. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. All right. Real serious issue right here. Um, definitely wanted to to make sure and hit on this. And, um, you know, when we talk about this, this is the week, you know, Seattle protests. Um, and um, yesterday was a pink umbrella. But uh, July 4th of 2020, I was there on I-5 um, with the, the evening march. And they were there on I-5 and Interstate 5 had been, they'd stopped, traffic had been stopped for like 19 days in a row. And the protesters would get on the freeway for eight minutes, signifying George Floyd and get off the freeway and been blocked. And, you know, that day I was basically off early. It was quiet and I was walking home and um I saw these guys on the freeway and I never covered the evening march because there's always there was something going on up there at Kyle Anderson and everything else. So I was walking home and I was like, oh, wow, there's these guys. And I walked onto the freeway and, you know, I wasn't live streaming or anything because I was just like, well, this is what I was talking to them. But I was live tweeting and doing like the cha-cha slide and everything. And of course, I think most people know this is when the car went around. They had the freeway barricaded and the car went around the barricade and uh, struck the protesters and um, severely injuring Diaz Love and uh, killing Summer Taylor. And we, you were there, Trey Holiday. We went on to the candlelight vigil one year later out there at Green Lake. And I mean, from, from then to now, to the end of time, the summer season all year, Today, we remember the passing of our beloved Summer Taylor, who perished one year ago while fighting for Black Lives in Seattle, Washington. Summer, who used they, them pronouns, was born and raised in Seattle. They were known as a pastorous individual who was committed to racial justice, equity, LGBTQIA+, and human rights for all. 
As a lover of animals, they worked as a veterinary assistant and kennel supervisor at Urban Animal, and they were pursuing veterinary medicine as their life's work. I was not planning to attend because I didn't think I'd be able to handle it. And I could just envision it. I could, I could see people who I've connected with, Marilyn and TK. Um, I, I just could feel the love that I was going to receive from you all. I could anticipate it. And it made me feel um, warm in my heart. Here are some things I wish you could have seen in the last year. Anything Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion has dropped, namely WAP. Man, me and Summer would have fucking crushed it at WAP. The new flavor is a White Claw. Literally drinking their favorite White Claw right now. I never drink mango just for them. Life is always going to knock us down. You know? But it's the fact of understanding that when life knocks you down, when you get back up, are you going to get back up and just stay there for it to knock you down again? Or are you going to get back up and go further than where it knocked you down in the first place? So that when you get to that next knockdown, you understand that you can get back up and keep going. Thank you, Summer, for your magic, inspiration, and heart of gold. We feel your presence and we'll love you forever. Rest in power, Summer Taylor. You know, it hurts to heal, but it's worth it. I promise, it's worth it. It hurts, but it's worth it. And I think it's time we, you know, however you do it, whichever way you do it, don't matter. However you see fit, just start healing, you know? Because that's the only way we're gonna keep progressing and, and keep getting stuff done here. We, 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 can, we can be hurt and not do nothing, but we can heal and do a whole hell of a lot more here. You know what I'm saying? Like, real talk, we're not done. We're we not done yet, you guys. And so let's heal and let's keep going. Because at the end of the day, if someone was here, that's what they would want. Us to heal and keep going. The Taylors and Williamses continue to be proud of the courage, not only shown by Summer, but by all of you. The activists on the ground and in the media the brave bodies and souls. Fighting every day for equity and justice in Seattle, America and around the world. You are our heroes and you are my heroes. Definitely summer season all year long. Uh, you know, I just want to, you know, take this moment for all of us to think about the stories that we've covered here. And when we talk about covering losses, it takes on its another toll. And so for those who have continued to press on in summer's memory, it's like that's what summer would have wanted, 
right? And and to talk to her mother and to hear that message, uh, people are still pressing forward in that same energy and spirit. Oh. Yeah, I gotta go to trial on this. A trial was supposed to be in April. And uh I think it's this maybe this month now that the trial date keeps moving or whatever. So um that's just one time I was glad I wasn't live streaming, dog. Something told me. Um and you know, I ain't play this today to, to to bring people down, but you know, I think that it's important that people realize that like um one thing we ain't never done here is forgot about the people's dignity, that even in death, their dignity and their story and everything else. I'm, you know, I'm forever linked to this just by presence of being there. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that we show up. I'm glad. And, you know, that that's the that's the camera phone collective right there. Man. You know, you're an iPhone shooter like me. Everything you saw right there was with the iPhone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Everything right there. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and we got another story. I think it's important that we share. But don't worry. We're going to end with a good one. Right. Mom always says you can't leave people in an impacted state. But um, tomorrow is all about the celebration. And I want to end this morning, the morning update show without, you know, acknowledging some things. You're watching the morning update show. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday, And of course, Besa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Baker. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. All right, welcome back to the Morning Update show. You know, um, one story that, that started there in the Seattle protest, but it still continues here today, is a story, of course, rooted in tragedy, uh, talking about the the murder of Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. Um, Juneteenth night in in 2020, and another one that just uh, impacted us because you know a lot of it we've been knowing Donita as mama for for a long time, you know, um, and it's a story that we've been following. And then oftentimes it's followed us. I sit here, I get like emotional because Donita, her son, murdered. And we be sitting here covering all this other stuff. And and Donita would, would see that I was out and about in the city covering stuff. She called me. She called me 7 a.m. Omari, are you okay? And I'd be like, man, it's your son that's murdered. And she was like, man, but you know, we got to take care of each other. Are you okay? Um, the reason why I think this story right here is important is because um, Donita, since the murder of her son, has been able to to channel that, that grief into an organization. We got us moms where 
Um, well, the original title for this segment we're getting ready to play is called The Sorority of Sorrow um, because it's all these moms who suffered a loss in our community. And uh, I just thought that this was important to play here today because it's, it's a story that we've been covering. It's so close to us. And it's also a story of being able to transition just unbelievable grief and to provide hope and uplift and inspiration to other mothers who are suffering through the same thing. So today we're having a celebration for We Got Us Moms LLC. This is our first celebration in person. We bring mothers together here, uh, creating a space of understanding. Um, the, these are mothers that have been impacted by the disease of gun violence. So today we just wanted to share life, give mothers um, an honor for getting up, uh, not giving up, um, supporting each other, um, you know, continuing the fight for their children. We uh, most definitely provided uh, food for everyone. We had different caters. Um, so we did a, um, a certificate of honoring each mother for their fight and their strength. Um, and then, yeah, we did have gift certificates. So we want to thank the city of Seattle for our, that opportunity of the gift certificates. And um, we just actually had fellowship, just, you know, mothers engaging, um, introducing each mother to each other, that, you know, the ones that didn't know each other. Um, and then just family and friends, just supporting them. I think that is very important because this is what community is about. Community is bringing um, everybody's brilliance together and trying to strategize how we can stop the gun by the disease of gun violence. So I think it's most definitely important. We've been going through this since our ch we have lost our children. And so some mothers feel like they've been left behind, um, forgotten, their children's been forgotten. And so this way we bring each other here so you can know that nobody's forgotten. This is a no wrong door. And, and, and you know, when days are dark and we need each other to, tear, to cry on each other, we here we are crying on each other. I started it because I was impacted by the disease of gun violence, but I had knew of, um, a few mothers prior that was impacted by the disease of gun violence. And then I see no support. And not that probably that they um, the city didn't notice them. It's just they probably just so busy and, and was able to just be overlooked. So I wanted to bring together mothers, um, some encouraging, some uplifting, and some you know fighting for justice. I noticed that when people are killed by the police, they have a lot of more support. Other than like you said, when kids, um, children are murdered by their own peer, um, we always try to fight. Uh, point the finger at somebody, but it's not about pointing the finger, it's about how can we find a solution to stop the gun violence, right? How can we find a solution that seeing what it is that our kids and our children and our community is needing. This is a celebration of people that have really been impacted by it, and this is, you know, they was dark earlier, they was dark yesterday, and so they're here today to try to find their light again in their new journey, um, giving mothers hope that justice can be served, giving mothers and fathers hope that a family can be reunited again. You know, we, we go through so many different things when tragedy like this happens. How can we bring our family and our community together? So we have things like this is, um, you know, there's plenty of work that needs to be done. So we're just celebrating today, but this is just for our long run, our long journey. We got us moms. I mean, shout out to you, Donita, because honestly, you have taken all of that energy, you know, and all of that grief and mourning um, that you had when you lost your son to another level. And you know what I love about this story 
is, uh, you know, how we can really turn tragedies into triumphs. And, you know, Donita talked about wanting to do something, you know, pressing uh, those who had, uh, you know, our elected officials wondering where they were at when it came to supporting these mothers. You know, we don't hear that. And I really appreciate how she shared that in this piece here around when, when somebody is killed by the police, there's all this support. The media is all over it. But when it's, you know, due to the this gun violence that we see in our communities, it's a very different approach and a very different outcome. And so I, I love that, you know, there's something that we know is right here in our community, led by someone like Donita, who suffered a loss, at, you know, that really shook the nation. I mean, everybody was talking about the chop. And then when her son got murdered like that, it shook up a lot of people. And she's utilizing all of that energy to fuel this movement of We Got Us Moms. It's just a beautiful effort to see all around. I'm glad that it exists in our communities. It's unfortunate that it has to, but I'm glad that it does. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, you know, acknowledging, Danita, all, all these moms, all these, like I be sitting here and it's not really regret, but kind of regret that like, man, we couldn't tell more stories, more people. You know, we we've I would I do know this is that we've done our very best and Converge continue to do us, but we got a lot of stuff coming and everything else. But on this show, we've done our very best um to lead with our heart, yeah, to lead with, with dignity to lead with integrity, to find the humanity in people, regardless of their situations. What good can we find here? Um, and I think that's been a staple of what we've been doing. Uh, we got one more here. This is, this is a B one. This is, this is fast. Fathers and sons together. And this was a real special one here. This was the uh, barbershop talk, chat, and chew. This was at Rainier Beach last year. Um, and it was a really good conversation with young people and old folk, too, about issues that are impacting them out there, especially in South Seattle. The Barbershop Chat is a unique event that has um, always brought fathers and sons together. It's a place where they have conversations. It's a place of laughter. It's a place of food. It's a place of deep conversations. And it's not necessarily a father. Our, we recognize that our community has um, a lot of fatherless homes. It's for the mothers that are standing in that gap. It's for the aunties and the coaches. All of those um, adult figures that stand in the gap for um, those parental roles. It's important for events like this to bring them out, to have those conversations and to in empower our youth and to empower that relationship. That's where bonds are formed. We've got a lot of topics today that we're going to be discussing, uh, some of which is going to be education and gun violence. If any of you have been aware uh, recently, there's been a recent string of gun violence. We are losing far too many young people to violence. Gun violence is definitely a huge topic to discuss, but I think the first thing you probably want to think about is uh, prevention versus intervention. And we have a created a, a culture of death in our community. Today we are creating a culture of life. When we invest in our youth, you know, these shirts acknowledge we are amazing. And I, I look at all and all of the talent that all of our youth have. 
and then to see it literally at times when you have it or you're at a shooting scene lost very so quickly and we really need to make sure that those programs have those investments they have everything so we're not seeing that violence on the streets i know that the person who killed connor is not the most evil person in the world i know that that person needed something because if they had all the love and mentorship and were a part of all these programs that are sitting on the panel in front of us they wouldn't have been able to take someone else's gifts away so easily. It's so important. We have got to give our kids something to do, an alternative to negative problems, an alternative to hanging around with negative people. Because if we don't give them something to do, somebody else will. And that's what we're trying to get away from. You know, that's one of the things that I always say. You know, I would rather buy books. I would rather share books instead of going downtown, putting money on books for someone. So I believe that that intervention is so important. It keeps those young men focused. It keeps them without getting in trouble. Uh, but let's have a conversation about COVID. And let's have a conversation about how that's impacting us as a community. Um, how that's impacting us as individuals and what we can do to be safe, to support each other, and to think about building a healthier community overall. We have, it, black and brown people, and I'll just speak more specifically to black people, have taken on a lot. We lead in the number incarcerated in those suffering from diabetes, hypertension, uh, HIV, an epidemic that still is ongoing that we don't really talk about. And yet now we're faced with something that we actually don't have to own, that we have some steps that all of us can one-on-one -on -one in our families and in our circles address so that we are not taking on one more negative disparity or uh, a gap. And make sure that what we see in the internet is something that is validated rather than misinformation. And it's, it could be very difficult to decipher and distinguish what is evidence-informed and what is misinformation. Most of the problem is like mostly trusting in the people to like keep their mask on or to get vaccinated and like keep each other safe. On one hand, going back to school means that um, we would get a better education and learning online is never easy. You don't have the classroom setting. It's harder to ask questions. So there's all these obstacles you have to face. But going back also, like it was spoken, is giving so much trust into your peers. And you getting um, getting COVID doesn't only mean that your life is affected, it also means the people around you, your loved ones are also affected. What community means to me is like a group of people come together, um, celebrate their differences and enjoy time together. People that won't knock each other down, people that lift you up, people that you enjoy spending time with. So in order to maintain a community, any community, especially this one, is to give the people in that community a voice toward uh, their, own, uh, their own future. We all got to be willing to just not talk about it, but to invest in it. Because if we're not putting our time and our treasure into building up our young people, building organizations for them, structures for them, giving them resources and opportunities, then we're just talking. And we gotta stop talking, we gotta start doing something that's gonna give them an alternative, give them something else different to do. What makes me amazing is all of who I am. All of who I am 
I am a son, I am a brother, I am a member of the community, I am a student, I am a loving family member, most importantly, I am a young black man in America. What makes the community amazing is all of what it is. It is diverse, it is loving, it is caring. They, they support you in good times and bad times. And the community is always there to support you and always there if you need someone to reach out to. That's exactly right. Oh my goodness. This is such a great piece. And I love that we are ending our show today on something so uplifting because once again, you know, we, we understand the need for community involvement in the solution. So I love that fast is doing that shout out to everybody who is really upholding that effort and pushing it through to our communities. As we can see there in that piece, they brought together a lot of different community leaders and folks that have been doing this work for a very long time. And these kind of efforts right here oh is really what it's all about because our community can't come together work on the solutions figure out the ways to do this not waiting for nobody to save us we're gonna do it ourselves that's it you know what i'm saying we definitely we're gonna do it ourselves um and big shout out to seattle department of neighborhoods for their support on that and uh and putting that together man all right well, we got one day left uh which is tomorrow and um jam-packed we haven't put the show together yet but you know it's kind of come as you are (laughs) good time old school church on sunday (laughs) come as you are you know what i'm saying um definitely here for good you know um and it's a lot of reasons why we're still here is one we we got a, a lot of people who know what they're doing but we're still here because the message continues to resonate irregardless of elected official, irregardless of a news cycle, when we're here for good and for the uplift and to empower our community, when we find a way to tell stories that uplift, whether it be through the iPhone or some of these, these funny, funny cameras in here or anything else, it's like it's the story that matters most, and we stay consistent and committed to to trying to tell the best stories that we can about our community. I think a lot of people might not even realize that, like, yeah, the morning update show, you know, here every day, we said 400-plus episodes, but our production team, we've never stopped working. And there's a lot of segments that we created that never aired here on the morning update show, but other places. So one of the first things I'm going to do when I catch my breath is really compile our archives. Like we have so many stories, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of stories, um, like some of the ones that people have seen today. Uh, kept you over time, Trey. You know, for me, last words are always going to be to see yourself as a part of the solution. Um, I love how somebody the other day said, I I wasn't even looking to be a part of the solution, right? Uh, But yet uh, their energy, their effort, their work is doing just that. So even when you're like, I'm just out here doing me, I want you to understand how it resonates with others and how it really is a part of overall solutions that are necessary out here in our community. We saw the morning update show as a part of some type of solution to all 
the confusion around COVID information and resources that were coming out into our community. And uh, tomorrow is the last day of this show. And I got to say, oh, before tomorrow, when everybody else is going to say their piece, I love you so much. I'm so grateful to you, all the work that you have put in, all the work that you have put into me, all of the love that you have poured into this entire show, to me as your co-host, to the teams that we have had over these years. Thank you for everything that you have done to make this such a uh, an amazing ride and an amazing success, my friend. I I don't think I could ever thank you enough for that. And I mean that because I love you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Trey. And if there's anybody else that knows the, this, this toll, <sighs> It's taking a toll, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a happy, optimistic person. Man, I wake up, man. Glasses half full all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm always looking for the positive. I'm always looking, like I said, for what good can happen here. And I don't ever want to stop being that person. I don't ever want to stop looking for the positive. Because, you know, you always find what you look for. Good things happen to us here because we're always looking for the good. We're not looking for the negative. We're not looking for the clickbait. We're looking at what good can happen here. And uh, I'm thankful to you, you know, been right here through it all from day one. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so. It's a real show. Yeah. You know, um, it's getting some some pushback in the in the formal circles out there. And they're like, oh, these guys are, you know, they they show too much emotion and they show too much this and that. I remember um, the day that it was uh, the Charlene Lau's settlement, and I was out there and they announced the settlement, and all the reporters were there. You know, and I had tears in my eyes. And what other people didn't realize is that, yeah, I'm there as a journalist, but also I am Charlene Lyles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's so many things that we go into where it's like we we got a few hats on. You know what I'm saying? Like, Charlene was all our sister, all our daughter, all our auntie. And I remember being there that day at that press conference at the lawyer's office. And everybody's looking at it. They ain't understand. I don't think they will understand. But that's what makes us different here is because, you know what? Before I'll ever wear the, the journalist badge on my arm, I'm always wear the community badge first. You know? And uh, it's been an incredible ride, man. And um uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> looking, looking forward to tomorrow. Um, you know, we're, we got a great show put together for you guys. And again, in, in, a, in a total spirit of thankfulness and gratitude, I thank you and thank you. As usual, we're going to leave you with Hope by Shana Shepard. 
I want to remind you, go forward in your purpose. Go forward in your humanity. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m., peace. Peace. What do I see through a lens of fear? A thousand little steps to go. What do I fear after all these years? Lord knows I don't even know. I've been running on the edge of a sundown, sleeping in the shadow. I've been begging you to see me, then hiding beyond the unreachable. Looking out left on a right hand turn, just trying to make a deal. A lazy shoes and love is a love that turn. That's the kind of food that heals. I've been searching for the end of an era, waiting to be ready. The world is bigger than a moment. Be steady, that's how you can feel it's real. But I feel naked. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents.
Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.